0: Welcome to episode nine of Owen the Saints. I'm your host, Patrick Serlis. With me once again is my co-host, Jack Serlis. Jack, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well, thanks, Pat. How are you?
0: Yep, good, thank you. Let's get straight to it this week. We are speaking to the Daily Echoes Southampton reporter, Dan Sheldon. Dan spoke to Ralph Hassenhutel a few weeks ago about Southampton's transfer window plans and how they might have been impacted by coronavirus. So we wanted to get Dan on this week Uh, to chat in a little bit more detail about that article that he wrote for The Echo, um, get an understanding of uh, who's likely to be staying at Saints this summer, who's likely to be going, who Ralph will be targeting in terms of transfers and how his budget will have been affected by COVID-19. One of the things we did want to mention before we chat to Dan is this conversation was recorded a few days prior to Hoiberg's public comments that he wants to play at a higher level in the future. He's got one year left on his Saints contract. Um, and he also said that he wants to win the Premier League and Champions League. Um, fair play for being ambitious. But I think most people took that as an indication that he's likely to to leave this summer. So I just wanted to get your thoughts, Jack, um, before we bring Dan in on Hoyberg's interview. And um, I guess... Do you think he's likely to leave this summer and and what impact that will have on on the squad?
1: I think he is likely to leave um, and I don't think the impact on the squad would be that great if we get the recruitment right with the money that we'll bring in. I'm under no illusions that he's one of our better players. He's in the top three uh, players at Southampton, in my opinion, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. I think if we get decent money in for him, we can bring in another centre midfielder. What I would say is people forget his age. To captain a Premier League club at 23 obviously shows that he does have a lot of quality, but it's not like losing a player that we've lost in the past where I thought had a massive, massive impact um, on our chances the following season. I think we we can replace if we get it right.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I'd think agree with with that. And... I guess the only issue is how how much his transfer valuation is going to be affected by by yeah. coronavirus. Um, teams are su- suggesting they're going to have less money to spend this summer, which probably will drive transfer values down. If we get this money, that means we'll probably have less money to to reinvest. But um, we'll speak to Dan about that. So, without further ado, let's bring Dan Sheldon onto the podcast. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Dan Sheldon, the Southampton FC journalist for the Daily Echo. Dan, how are you doing? Very well, Patrick. Thank you very much for having me on. Delighted to get you on. Um before we before we get on to uh some of the transfer bits and pieces that we wanted to speak about um shortly, I just wanted to get a bit more background on on yourself really and how you became the Saints correspondent for the Echo. Well, what's your background?
2: So it's Fairly traditional, I suppose. So I was a, a sixth form, went to sixth form, studied A levels, um, then went off to uni. And uh, when I was at uni, um, one of my lecturers used to own uh, a news agency on the south coast called M and Y. So I asked about. I said to him, "Was oh, there any chance, you know, I could sort of volunteer one day a week or or help out?" And he said, "Oh, we." He put me in contact with uh, a guy called Alex Crook, who owns it now and works for Talks, sport and obviously. Uh, reports on Saints as well and um, so while I was at uni I was like freelancing for M&Y throughout the three years and then through eventually covering or helping cover Saints for m and I met Adam Leach who was obviously chief, chief sports writer at the Echo for nearly 20 odd years doing Saints um, and then mm-hmm. I graduated and uh, moved back home. I don't live in Southampton, I'm not from Southampton um, and then a uh, couple of months after graduating, I had a call from Adam Leach, and he was like, oh, just so you know, uh, someone's leaving. You know, Would you be interested in possibly replacing him uh, and coming to work alongside me doing Saints? And it was obviously a no-brainer for me. Uh, so that was in October 2018 I started. Um, and then a year, just over a year later, in November, Adam left. So in November 2019, Adam left, and then it was just me and one other guy, Simon um, and now Simon's left, uh, so it's just me on my own covering Saints. So that's sort of how it how it all panned out. <laughs> and
0: I mean, how have you found it? What's it been like covering a club?
2: Oh no, it's it's been brilliant. I mean, I had experience, um, you know, sort of reporting on other clubs during the like, through mm-hmm. the agency, but never so much focus on just one club. <clears throat> um, so that side of it has been. You know, it's been really—it's a great learning experience. It's been really enjoyable getting to know people, you know, around the club, and that's all been very good. The club has been very helpful, Um, so I've enjoyed that element of it. I mean, obviously, with what's going on it at the moment, it's incredibly difficult. You know, we still got four pages a uh, day—one, well, three if you include three plus a back—you know—to put out, and when there's no sport, Mm -hmm. that obviously can be quite challenging. But it's about you know, just trying to find stories and interview players, interview Ralph and things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the things that we wanted to speak to you about, actually. It was one of the interviews that you uh, conducted with with Ralph Hassendhuttle, and that was on on transfers. And um, as you mentioned, the fact that there's no sport on means that this is all heavily caveated by um, the fact that we don't really know when the transfer window will be opening. Um, but you, you spoke to Ralph about, Saints' plans for, for the summer window, and I think that was April twenty seventh, and he, the kind of headline was that Saints would be fully prepared um, for the window when it opens. Um, and I think the quote was, uh, "We're prepared, and we know that would be an interesting transfer window, maybe a shorter one. Um, the surroundings are also changing because the values for the players will go down. I think, and I think that's been uh, something that a few a few different clubs have said that they expect." Um, our well, teams will have less money, so um, they'll be spending uh, less on transfers in the summer. Um, what, as far as that interview with Ralph goes, when did did you feel that um, the Saints are going to be particularly active when the window opens, whenever that well, may it, be?
2: It, I, it's, it's like you say, it's so hard because of obviously what's going on at the moment. You know, um, from a Saints point of view, <clears throat> I heard pretty much very early April, late March that Ralph had obviously been developing this SFC playbook but, uh, but was also scouting players so when I got the chance to speak to Ralph obviously one thing lots of fans want to always hear about is transfers and what their plans are um, and I, I expected it to be a fairly busy summer before obviously the coronavirus pandemic um, because we got so many players out on loan that again they need to try and get rid of and he's going to want to bring more players in to strengthen players that have left um, but you get you still get the sense from speaking to him I got the sense that you know everything everything was in place uh, for what they needed to do It was almost just waiting for the green light um, you know mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure in there he mentioned about uh, you know how they've been in contact with every, everybody which to me would suggest that you know everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet they've identified their targets um, you know, now it's just a case of what will this situation allow? You know, no one quite knows, as you've already said, you know, who knows what, I mean, their whole business model has pretty much been not turned upside down, but like most businesses at the moment, you know, they're everything, all the plans have just gone gone skew with, if that makes sense. So, you know, they're obviously assessing. Yeah, um, yeah. They've got plans in place. Uh, Ralph said they have plans in place. So you just have to, you know, understand that he obviously does work incredibly hard behind the scenes anyway and his attention to detail is is pretty full on so you'd like to think that when he says they've got plans in place and they're fully prepared that you know someone like him he means it
0: yeah and uh, in kind of preparation for this call I went kind of went through the Saint squad and and tried to kind of pinpoint players um that you'd you'd expect to to stay I mean obviously I've kind of divided this, the squad into three groups really um, the untouchables that that won't be leaving um, people that might leave are then that are definitely going to be leaving and, and you can kind of base that on contracts I guess so the likes of Yoshida and and Cedric um, they'll be off this summer I think that's fair to say isn't it
2: yeah yeah so um, you know their contracts are, are expiring obviously Myers in Italy and Cedric joined Arsenal in, in January so yeah then they, they won't be returning to Saints you know their time at Saints is
0: like yeah and and then you've got the kind of loan players so you've got Danzo on loan and uh, Walker Peters as well and I, I guess it's difficult to see um, either one of those joining permanently no I, I completely
2: agree um, you know Kevin Danzo. I remember when Saints signed him on deadline day uh, my colleague at the time Adam Leach sent a tweet out and if if anyone's got five minutes spare during this lockdown, which I'm sure we all, we all have. Go back and find the tweet he tweeted mm. out in August and just read some of the replies. You know, there was so much hope about Kevin Danzo, but it's never really materialised from him. He obviously got played out of position in his first few games and he's almost never recovered from that. It's almost like, I wouldn't say Ralph lost trust in him, but, you know, it was almost, it was just tough for him to begin with and then almost, well, how did you recover from that? Because obviously he found his centre-half, partnership with Jan and Jack so Kevin was never going to break that and when he played at right back he didn't exactly do the best job so I felt sorry for him in that sense and Kyle Walker-Peters is another another one obviously joined in January to plug a hole left by Cedric but again you know I'm not sure how reported it has been but you know he turned up and he wasn't quite 100% fit so they had to wait a little bit longer for him to catch up and then obviously football came to a halt because of the pandemic so he's not really had a a proper run in the team either so it's hard to judge him because he's played so few games Um so yeah I mean in terms of them to I wouldn't expect Kevin Danzo to be signing a, a permanent deal and it's, it looks unlikely with Walker Peters just given that you know he, he's not shown enough just yet but then that would be unfair on him because he's not had the chance so we just have to wait and see with him
0: Yeah I think like you said he's been a little bit of a victim of a circumstance he, he, he kind of came in and then it wasn't too much longer before uh, the season got curtailed so I will come on to it I think but in terms of right back or full back positions I think that that potentially is an area where a few Saints fans feel that the club needs to strengthen and and whether it's him or whether it's whether it's somebody else Um, which brings me on to some of the players that have kind of been linked with departures I guess Um, and, and I'll start with start with Che Adams seeing as he came in and he's got a decent length of time still to run on his Saints contract but there was talk about um, him joining Leeds in January and I know a lot of Saints fans want, want this move to work out in terms of his move to Saints because he yeah, obviously everybody knows he hasn't scored yet um, but he's a talented young English striker which which is valuable uh, in itself but what, what do you think Saints will do with Adams this summer?
2: Well, I mean like you said, there was obviously uh, in January, uh, Leeds were pretty open about the admiration for for Adams, but I remember having a conversation with someone at Saints at the back end of December when that sort of those mumblings sort of came about. and from then they were like, no, we're not letting him go. you know, we've invested fifteen million pounds into him. He's on a long-term contract. you know he's clearly got quality. You can see what he did at Birmingham in a struggling Birmingham side in the championship. You know, he just needed, he obviously had the run of games at the beginning of the season and he did everything but score. You know, he hit the post and sometimes for a striker like that, you know, had he just one gone enough for his knee, you know, he could have gone on a run. Look what Danny! Look what happened to Danny Ings, you know, when he got his, the, the goals in September. Yeah. Then he just went on a, a crazy run and then Che Adams was never going to get it, getting ahead of Danny Ings and rightly so, given the form Danny was in. Um but you still, I mean, you speak to players around Staplewood, uh, you speak to, I spoke to James Beattie about Che Adams, who obviously worked with him at Birmingham, and, you know, BT synonymous with Saints fans, and he was, and even he says, you know, they've got a cracking striker, just let him, let him get a goal, once he gets that goal, watch him go. Um, so, you know, I'd be surprised, you know, Ralph wanted Che Adams back in January 2019, but obviously Birmingham played hardball, you know, they were trying to stay up, so that's Fair enough, in their behalf, and then the Saints remain patient, and then got their man. So I'd, I'd be very surprised if they give up on Che after just one season.
0: Yeah, um, and then one of his one of his strike partners, I guess Shane Long. There's been talk of a new contract for him, um, and he's obviously. Uh, I think I've seen a few articles around him in terms of his impact off the pitch. Is 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 as important as his impact on the pitch. Um, do you think that there's a, there's likely that he'll be he'll get another one-year contract?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I fully expect Shane Long to get a new deal. I don't think, in terms of, you know, he wants to stay, Ralph wants him to stay, uh, the club want him to stay, the players love him. Um, yes, his goal record isn't great, but, you know, Ralph will caveat that with, look how much work he does for the team to give Danny Inns the space to be able to score... Bucket full of goals, um, so you know there's no sort of there's no panic from Saints' point of view or Shane's point of view. From my own understanding, that he won't sign a new deal. Like I think everyone fully expects that one to go through. Ralph obviously said nothing will get done until 36 points um, before the the season uh, came to a halt, and you know that that hasn't changed. But given there's a June the 30th contract deadline looming, you know, things could have to happen before then.
0: Hmm. And then another big one, I guess, that's who, who's been linked with a departure is is Hoiberg um, and Spurs are, are the club, I guess, most strongly linked with him. I think he's got another year left on his contract at the moment. So it's a case of either Southampton cash in this summer or, or he agrees a new deal. Um, where do you think that stands at the moment?
2: So I think, you know, Pierre is a much more sensitive issue than Shane Long. You know, everyone knows everyone expects Shane Long will sign a new deal, but with Pierre, you know, it's a little bit, bit more up in the air. Uh, I think from his point of view, he maybe wanted to see where Saints end up this season uh, to see what, you know, see what sort of trajectory they're going to go on, whether they are going to kick on and start going up the table. Um, as opposed to, you know, continue fighting against relegation season in, season out. Uh, The club would obviously want him to stay. You know, he's their captain, he's young. Um, He's the sort of player you'd like to, you know, you'd want there for 10 10 years or so. But, you know, there isn't, he hasn't signed a new deal yet. Um, You know, not saying there's a deal on the table, but he's not come out and said I want to stay here for the next four or five years. He's obviously keeping his cards very close to his chest, as he has every right to do so. Um, which is where the mm-hmm. dilemma will be for Saints. You know, if they get to the end of the season, say a Tottenham come in for him, then you think, well, if he's not going to sign a new deal, then why? You may as well cash in and get some money as opposed to losing him, losing him for nothing twelve months later.
0: Yeah, I mean, how much how much stock do you put in in the rumours then linking him with Spurs? Do you think there's genuine interest there from from Mourinho?
2: Well, I think uh, I mean, it was in January. It was first sort of it was almost on the I don't know if it was on deadline day or a couple of days before deadline day um, that there was a story on on Sky Sports about Tottenham ready to sort of lodge a whatever million pound bid, and from Saint's point of view they hadn't heard anything. You know, Tottenham hadn't been in contact um, or anything like that. But, you know, said uh, Pierre had just recently changed agents during that time um, hmm. to the same agent that represents Cedric, who obviously went to Arsenal. Now, you know, agents obviously do use the media to plant stories and it could have been a case of Pierre going to his agent. Well, you know, you've just got Cedric this move. What what can you do for me? And then all of a sudden, there's a uh, Tottenham want to spend thirty five, forty million pound on on Hoiberg. Although, then stories are still coming out in national papers. Um, but certainly, from in January, from Saint's point of view, Tottenham hadn't actually been in contact with Saints over signing Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have developed it, uh, in recent weeks. You know, I'm not aware of that, but you know, I wouldn't rule it out. But I wouldn't necessarily say they have. So again, that, that one's more up in the air in terms of Speculation and
0: etc. Yeah, because I, I guess in the from from Saints fans from my point of view anyway, the club has obviously the club released its financial um, kind of statements in in April and there was kind of a thirty three million pound loss and in the past the club has kind of balanced its books by selling players um, for big money and then and then reinvesting it in the squad and and the ownership has been very kind of vocal about um not putting money into the club um and letting it run as as a business. Uh so I kind of get the sense that that Heuberg is our is one of our most valuable players this summer and if we were going to spend some money in the transfer market you'd expect that the club would have to raise some money to do that.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean in terms of trying to raise money I wouldn't say selling Pierre would be there number one player for doing that I think they I mean in an, in an ideal situation I'm sure they'd love to sell a lot of the players out on loan and get Pierre on a new deal and the players they sell yeah. out on loan raise funds from that but you know again because of what's going on it's all just and Ralph made the the point didn't he about you know transfer fees will be lower which would normally benefit a team like Saints but when they've got so much money invested in players that clearly don't have a future at the club their values are also going to drop as well so it it might all balance itself out in the summer but I see what you're saying about you know they tend to sell a player and then reinvest and you know their most valuable player probably is Pierre and maybe Danny Ings so you know they're not going to want to sell Danny Ings because he's obviously on a long-term deal Pierre looks like the obvious one if they are going to but that all just depends on what Pierre wants to do
0: in preparation for this, again, I was going through the the, the biggest contracts at, at Saints and there's, there's so much <laughs> wastage there that you'd love to see the club get rid of. Um, and, and one of the players, I guess, that I had kind of on the maybe leave list was, um, was two players, actually, or oh, sorry, three players. Um, and, and none of them are on loan, but it'd be Buffal, Romeo and Vestergaard. They're all out of contract, I think, in 2021. Um, and, Bufal is, I think it's fair to say, he's very hit and miss, capable of 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 genius, but also of going missing. Um, and unfortunately, I think too frequently he goes missing. Then you've got Romeo who's, who's twenty eight, um, and it's a case of do you want to commit um, money to him? And I think he's on he's on a he's one of the highest earners at the club anyway. Uh, and then you've got Vestergaard, and it's not really worked out for him at Southampton. And as you said, Ralph's got his first choice centre back partnership now. So, um, as far as those three players go, do you expect them all to be at the club this summer, or do you think that, that there could be there could be movement there for, for Bufal, Romeo, and Vestergaard? Um,
2: well, I mean, if we start with Romeo, like you mentioned, his age, he's obviously <coughs> uh, getting on a bit. We're well, not getting on a bit, but, you know, in football terms, he's he's coming towards what well, you'd argue maybe the peak or just getting over the peak of his career. Um, there was there was again interest from Spain in January, but at that point uh, there was no interest in the club in leaving themselves short in midfield. So that could be something that's explored in the summer if another team comes in. Um, you know when when it would be a better time for Saints. So it's hard to say on that. That would just take like you say a team coming in and offering Saints a package that they're happy with and the players happy with. Um, But, you know, with Oriol, I think it would only be fair to say that, you know, behind the scenes, he's a fantastic guy. You know, if he didn't, he didn't obviously, whether he did or didn't want to go in January or not, you know, he didn't kick up a stink. You know, he's he trains hard. He's super professional. The guys love him. You know, he's not an issue whatsoever. He's one of the good guys there. So, you know, from his point of view, he's always he'd always be a good one to sort of have around the dressing room. But then obviously, you don't want to pay people a lot of money just to have them around the dressing room. You want them to be playing. And if he's not getting in get mm-hmm. the team, then again, if that can free up some money elsewhere and take a bit of money off the wage bill, and like say someone comes in for him, then you'd have to look at it and think, okay, well, you know, he's he's been a great servant. Maybe it's time he moves on and he can go and play regular football, which he obviously would love to do. Most footballers would like to do that. Um, Sofiane, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not a Saints fan, but I, I find him frustrating at times. You know, he's clearly, you can clearly see he's got talent, um, but I don't think you see enough of it. Like you sort of said, you know, you can here do an excellent, do something excellent in a game and that'll be it. And then, you know, he might do something excellent and then give the ball away afterwards. Or I think what Ralf's done with mm-hmm. him has been good. You know, I didn't expect... Him to make the sort of impact he has made at times throughout the season. But Ralph has managed him quite well. I think he's almost better at coming off the bench and making an impact. I mean, I don't know if that's fair or not, but just from watching Saints this season, you know, if you can bring him on in the sort of final 20, 25 minutes, you know, he brings a bit of chaos factor because he is quite a tricky little player. Um, so there's that. And then Yannick Vestergaard. Yeah, it'll be interesting what happens with him. Um, you'd imagine that, well, Maya's obviously left, so if they decide to sell Yannick, then there again, you'd want to think that they'd want to replace him because they aren't, They haven't got the most bodies uh, in defence, especially, like as you've already alluded to earlier in this conversation, right and left back, you know, that looks like a, two departments that definitely need some sort of work doing for backups. Um, so it'll be interesting with Yannick. Um, they obviously paid big money for him. It's not quite worked out, but he does seem to be, you know, if Jan or Jack doesn't play, he is the next one in line. Um, So we just have to wait and see with those.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I I agree with you in the sense that I was very very pleased when Bufal came back, and I thought it'd be he was under Ralph. I thought he he really could kick on, and and he'd be the right manager to bring out the best in him. And and I think you're right as well in the sense that. Coming off the bench, he's a very valuable player to have because not not many teams in the Premier League outside the top kind of six or top eight have a player that's capable of what Buffao is capable of. Um, it's just unfortunately you, you don't see that very frequently. Um, so it, I, I guess, it, like you said, it, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see there. But he is he is a useful squad player for sure. It's just can you spend that much money on someone that's going to be um, twenty minutes off the bench? Um, which kind of then brings me on to the players that I put under the untouchable uh, bracket and obviously Danny Ings will be at the top of that. Um, is it, I think it's fair to say that, that obviously Redmond's on a long-term deal there. Stuart Armstrong has proven his worth this season. James Ward Prowse. Um, then you've got the likes of Ryan Bertrand who's under contract to 2021. Uh, Gianepo who we've only just re- only signed last summer and I think uh, he won't be going anywhere. And Then you've got the two centre backs, Stevens and Bednarak, are under contract for for another two years after this season. Um is that as far as that list goes, would you would you take anybody out or add anybody into that?
2: Uh, no, I'd say that's a a pretty fair list. Um right the way from, from like you say Danny Inks down to Jack and Jan. I can't am trying to think of the, the same squad right now off the top of my head and yeah. You know, they're they're the names that McKay Moose has been on and off the bench, but you know, he had a couple of setbacks with mm-hmm. injury, then obviously sadly lost his mother, so that forced him to miss yeah. a game. Um as you mentioned with Stuart Armstrong, you know, he's proven to be, you know, sort of bargain by really at seven million pounds, how he's kicked on. Uh especially in the second half of this season. Um Danny Yings. You know, you'd imagine that if they, Danny Ings has another season, like he's had this season, next year, then top clubs could probably come sniffing around him again. Maybe um, he can stay mm-hmm. fit and score say, similar sort of amount of goals. Um But, you know, with, with every player, you know, they all do have a price. So, you know, if a team was, for instance, which I don't think they would, come in for Danny Ings and say, well, you know, there's... We give you forty million pound, forty-five million pound. Mm. You know that that might change opinions, um, but again, that that probably won't happen. But if it did, yeah. then you know, then you probably think, well, uh, yeah, you know, that's with double our money on him. We could reinvest that in another striker. Um, so I, I wouldn't say untouchable in the sense that you know they they're not they they wouldn't leave. But I'd say untouchable in the sense that of those players you mentioned when you look at the squad they're certainly ones you wouldn't expect to leave this summer and I completely agree with you on that
0: That's fair to say that's probably a better way of putting it and I kept I purposefully kept the goalkeepers separate um, just to kind of run through our options there obviously we've got Forster on loan at Celtic and he's still under contract until 2022 Um, same as Alex McCarthy who's obviously the club's number one and then we've got Angus Gunn who's uh, under contract to 2023. So we've got three uh, English goalkeepers um, at various points. Each of them have kind of been on the fringes of the national team without ever really, I don't think, putting the consistent performances in to to regularly get there. Um, where do you, What's your opinion on, on Saints goalkeeping options and what do you think is likely to happen well, with Forster in the summer? Yeah, you
2: know, Forster does always tend to be the elephant in the room, doesn't he? I mean, he... Certainly was, and maybe still is, uh, Saints' highest ever paid player. Um, And, you know, he clearly hasn't got a future at the club. So, I'm sure there would be takers uh, for Fraser Forster. But it's it's the wages, is obviously the stumbling block. That would be down to him, you know, if he wants to stay at Celtic. Celtic might be able to offer Saints a fee but then that would probably be on him to take a pay cut. So that would really depend on whether Fraser wants to do that. It's almost, well, where does he see his career going? Is he happy just to sit on a bench? Well, he doesn't even make the bench at Saints anymore, you know, just be a a Monday to Friday, turn up for training, weekends off, pick up a healthy pay packet, or does he want to play regular football? And I'm certainly sure he'd rather play regular football. Um, But, you know, he's the one that, you know, you look at all the contracts that were handed out, during that time, um, there were so many five-year deals left, right and centre, uh, all on big money, you know. And, and they are, as you mentioned, the very top of this conversation, you know, they're still paying for that in, in essence. You know, that's why they're struggling to get rid of these players out on loan because they're all on big money. The other goalkeepers, uh, Alex McCarthy, you'd say is, yeah, he's, you know, he's nothing fantastic, but, you know, he's solid. Uh, Angus Gunn obviously had an absolutely dreadful start to the season um you know when it's hard for most goalkeepers to come back after conceding nine against Leicester um yeah so you know but then Saints spent big money on him you know 13 and a half million pound and you look at that now and you think that they really need to go and spend 13 and a half million pound on a player like him and I always think this is just my own opinion you know when a when a top team like a Man City a Liverpool uh Chelsea or United sell a player like that you know to a to a lower team and they get good money I always think you know if they were that if they were good enough those teams wouldn't sell them you know because those yeah. those teams don't need to sell players and if they are good enough they wouldn't sell them um so it's tough I mean like you say you've got to angus you know he's he's not awful but he's obviously he was obviously just his confidence was shot to pieces, wasn't it? You know? Um Yeah. yeah. And Alex came in and he's proven to be a, a steady pair of hands. You know, he's obviously <clears throat> at times you, your heart goes in your mouth when he comes out for a cross or, you know, he flapped it a couple didn't <laughs> um, he? Yeah. Um, for the sort of uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um but, You know, he's a good guy and I, I think he's a, he's a solid number one. He's like I said, he's nothing special. He's not, going to be England's number 1 but you know he's certainly good enough to be a Premier League number 1.
0: Yeah. You'd like to think, I mean Saints obviously would like to think that having I don't think there's the skill gap between McCarthy and Gunn is is much at all and the issue is I think with Gunn is like you said the the lack of confidence and and for Saints' point of view they probably love to see the the two of them, competition would be healthy and they'd push them both on. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, that just doesn't seem to have happened. No, no. Um, in my personal opinion, at the start of the season, I thought that Angus Gunn would take the opportunity and push on and become the club's number one. That obviously didn't happen. For me, we've now kind of got ourselves in a position where we have two very, very good Number two options, and neither one of them fills me with a massive amount of confidence of being a regular number one. If we really want to push on to become um, a kind of top ten team, which should be the ambition, so uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. And like you said there with Forster, it's it's a wages issue, isn't it? Really?
2: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, just as a mitigating factor for Angus Gunn, you know, at the beginning of the season, Ralph was chopping and changing his defence. You know, it wasn't a self-defence. You know, he was playing... True, yeah. ...back and Kevin Downs were at right back and, you know, he was making so many changes. So that's going to be hard for a goalkeeper anyway. You know, there's no, there was no consistency with that back four, back five, if you include Angus. Um, so you could just see it was just a downward spiral from there, but then Alex came in and, you know, Ralph settled on a back four and stuck with that back four and they did look a lot more confident with Alex behind them than they did when Angus was in goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely fair to say, Um, which brings on the subject of Forster onto our army of players on loan. And it it is, it is depressing looking through this list and, the wages that they're on and the length of contracts that they're under. So just to kind of go through from the top, we've, we've already mentioned Forster, but then you've got El Yunusi with him at Celtic. He's under contract until 2023. So there's very little chance of getting out from underneath that deal um, for a while. You've got Lamina at Galatasaray 2022. Uh, Wesley Hoyt also same year. Um, I think he's on loan in Belgium. And then you've got Guido Carrillo, um small mercies, he is only under contract until 2021, but I can't think there's a hope in hell of him ever returning to Saints and playing a a meaningful game. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as those guys are concerned, can you see any of them kind of pulling off a Bouffal style, coming back to the club and in pre-season, impressing Ralph and then maybe being part of the team again or is it just a case of they'll be on loan probably again next season if not permanently I think
2: I made a note before coming on here. The one that interests me, you know, it's obvious they'd like to sell Mario, Wesley and Guido, you know, they'd love, I'm sure they'd love to mm-hmm. be able to sell them. Um, the interesting one I find is Elianusi. You know, he only had one season uh, and that season, you know, he signed when Mark Hughes was in charge. Uh, and then that changed in December and then a new manager came in. You know, it's a pretty unsettling season anyway for him. Um, and, you know, he was trying to adapt to the Premier League and then he found himself out of the team. So it would be interesting, you know, he's one that you might think, well, you know, he is here until 2023, we did pay decent money for him. Should we give him another chance like we did with Bufal? Just to see what he's, what yeah. he's about. Um, but in terms of the other the other three, I very much, I can't see Guido Carrillo leading the Saints line um, next season. <laughs> uh, Wesley Hoop, I can't see him featuring although he, I know... He, I think he described the, league, uh, the Belgian league as the Mickey Mouse league in one interview this season. So I don't know what that type of playing there will be like. And Lamina recently came out and said that he'd have to be at Galatasaray next season. So, you know, I think Elianusi's sort of hinted that he plans on returning to Saints in pre-season and trying to make a go of things. You know, so on those will just be a wait. Yeah. To see.
0: Yeah. Um... It's, it really is quite quite depressing to um, see the list of, of, of the kind of highest earners at the club. And you've already alluded to the fact that we were handing out five-year deals left, right and centre um, a few years ago. Um, but just kind of... And again, you've got to take these figures with a, with a pinch of salt, I think. But um, I think the rough, they'll, they'll roughly be correct. But the thing that concerns me a little bit as a Saints fan is there's quite a few players... Um, that deserve to be on more money relative to to some of the players that we've got out on loan. So I th- you've got Ings and Forster at the top um, of our of our kind of highest earners are around 70k, um, depending on on the source. But then you've got Buffao, uh Cedric. who will obviously be departing, so that that'll be some money saved. Um, and Lamina all on around 65k. Wesley Hoy, Elianusi um at, at 60. Uh, Vestergaard at 60 as well. Um, so lots of money tied up in players that aren't contributing anything to the club, and then you've got players further down down the list like Jack Stevens, James Ward-Prowse, uh, Hoyberg obviously is looking for a new contract. Um, Stuart Armstrong I only joined recently, but if he continues playing um, as well as he has done this season, next season I, I I'd be surprised if he wasn't looking for a new contract as well because if you compare their salaries. Um, to the likes of of Forster, Romeo, Bouffal, Lamina at the top, I think their agents would be able to make a pretty strong case that they deserve more money.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, an agent's job is obviously to survey the market and if they see Fraser Forster earning more money than anyone at Saints and he's pulled on a Saints shirt once since Boxing Day 2018 or 2017, Mm. Boxing Day 2017, you know, they're going to start thinking, well, our player's doing this week in, week out for you, so where's their pay rise? Um, but you just can't stress enough the importance to get the likes of Mario, Wesley, Guido, Fraser off the wage bill, because then that does give Saints a lot yeah. more freedom. You know, with you know, then they can go to a, I don't know, I don't know what Stuart Armstrong's on, a Stuart Armstrong and say, you know, if you want a new deal, we can improve your terms by this much. Um, but at the moment, they're sort of tied by all these Wages they're still paying out for players that just don't have a future at the club, and it's going to be interesting in what they do with those players. I mean, I, you're obviously a Saints fan. Would you be? Is it at the point now where you just think, you know what, bite the bullet? Don't don't try and get big money. Well, try and get big money for them, but if you can't, then just get rid of them, get them off the wage bill. So with Galatasaray coming, and you know, there's eight million for Mario. Take it, Oli. But are you there? Are you, would you be happy for Saints just to be like, you know what, let's just get rid of them. We will take it.
0: I think so. Um, I think of of the list of of the players, Mario, Gado El Ounusi, and Hoy. I, I feel as a Saints fan that Mario is the most talented of that bunch, and and potentially is worth a lot more money than than Galatasaray would be able to pay. Now he never really showed it for us, um, or not consistent enough. I'd I'd love for that move to have worked out because I think he is a sort of player that would would do very very well in the Premier League. Um, and whether it's eight million, million or, or whatever, the, the quotes that have been coming from from his side about playing Galatasaray, mm-hmm. it sounds like now we just need to get rid of him um, and get him off the wage bill because um, whether it's eight million or twelve million or fifteen million pounds, if he's not going to play for for Southampton, there's no point us having him on loan for the next few seasons while while having him on the wage bill. Um, so I, I think it's it's got to the point now where we need to get rid of these players permanently and that's easier said than done. Like, it's easy for me to sit here and say that um, and I'm sure the club is obviously trying very hard to get rid of them permanently but the wages probably mean that, that, that loans are really the only option. Um, but yeah, certainly from my point of view, the club is being held back by these players that are on money that would be much better spent elsewhere um, and whether that's being spent on the likes of Hoiberg on a new deal or whether it's being reinvested into to the team. I'd love to see some of these players um, moved on. But I guess it goes back to what kind of Ralph told you a few weeks ago about um, clubs probably won't have the money this summer or as much money as they've had in the past. Um, So I guess that makes it doubly difficult for Southampton to get rid of you. Yeah,
2: or make it tougher to get what could be perceived as good money for them. Um, I think in that piece, off the top of my mind, I think I put in a quote from Ed Woodward, Uh, obviously Man United and, you know, if Man United are coming out saying, you know, big transfer fees, you know, we won't be doing that. And they're the team that have more money than anyone. So if they're coming out saying that, you know, we can't afford to spend millions and millions and millions, then not many teams will be able to do so. Um, So, yeah. But it it will will be relative, won't it? So if Saints, I don't know, sell one of their players for, let's say, £10 normally a player that they might want for 15 might only cost 10 as well. Um, So that, you know, Saints would obviously lose money on the initial investment, but they might be able to balance it out by bringing in players on lower transfer fees as well. Do you? I
0: mean, we'll we'll come on to this now. I think really, but in terms of transfer targets, what we've already mentioned the fullback positions. Do you get the sense from anyone around the club of of, of what areas they're targeting other than um, other than I mean,
2: Recently, uh, you know, transfers haven't been sort of at the, the top of the agenda. You know, it's all been sort of coronavirus, what's going on behind the scenes, etc. The ones like I've already said that. I'd say they need to strengthen and I'm sure they're aware they need to strengthen is the defence because when you look at the team elsewhere you know you've got Danny Ings Shea Adams Shane Long do you need another and Michael Obafemi you know you don't need a new striker you've got plenty of them yeah. um, then you've obviously got sort of in the the players behind that you've got Stuart Armstrong Nathan Redmond uh, Musa Jenepo Sofian Bufau uh, plays out any and if I'm leaving any out um, you know so there's those sorts of players and then again he only plays with Pierre and then Prousey, and then behind them you've got Oriol yeah. Will Smallbone um, so you could maybe say that you know if Pierre and Oriol move on then that area would need a bit of work and you could there's probably an argument that you could bring in another midfielder um, just in case one of them got injured and it's another backup player um, but I think it's the defence that yeah. would be the main cause for concern.
0: From from my side of things, the the, the recruitment at the club, and it's not—I don't think it's fair to say last summer, but in recent summers, definitely, we've kind of gone through the players that they've signed for a significant amount of money and obviously put them on on long term contracts. Um, we've got a new uh, what's this what's this title? Is it director of football or uh, director of Matt, football operations? Uh, yeah. um, how much confidence can Saints fans take that some of the mistakes that we've made in the past, and I know um, the previous um, person in that role was, was Ross Wilson, and, and he was quite open in, in the comments that he made about uh, rushing into or, or backing the manager too much in terms of signing Carrillo. But how much confidence can Saints fans take that some of those mistakes in the past won't be won't be repeated going forward?
2: I think Saints fans should take a lot of confidence in the people that are now left running the club
0: um,
2: on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, Matt Crocker has obviously history with the academy when you look at the players that came through under his when he was sort of overseeing it and then he obviously went on and oversaw England and some England age groups and they obviously won a World Cup. Um, Les Reed's obviously gone now. Uh, Ross Wilson is gone and you know, it. it's ironic almost in a sense that when he, he was still at Saints, you know, they were fighting against relegation of the, the first part of the season and then he went to Rangers and then obviously Rangers aren't struggling for to stay in the, the Scottish Premier League, but, you know, they looked like they could really push Celtic all the way and then he went there and then things started falling off. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, make of that what you will. Um, but I would yeah. take confidence that, you know, that those guys aren't, now making sole decisions because, you know, it's been explained to me how now it's a real collective, you know, it's not just mm. a Ross Wilson saying, yeah, Guido Carrillo, you can have him alongside Les Reed." You know, now it's, you know, Ralph will be involved, Scouts will be involved, Matt Crocker would be involved, Martin Simmons would be involved. So, you know, you tend to get better decisions when you've got more opinions coming in. Um, mm. And like I say, Saints just, can't afford you know they're not like a man city where they could splash out on a player and if it doesn't work out so be it, it doesn't matter we'll buy another one you know they need exactly. to get yeah. more players right than they get wrong um so then the new kind of group-wide decision making you'd like to think would benefit them going forward to stop them making the mistakes that happened in the past when obviously les reed and ross wilson were sort of picking players and, and what not
0: yeah, I'll put you on the spot a little bit but have you heard any names potentially being linked with the club this summer or
2: any 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 that you would put stock into? Uh, I haven't uh, as of yet sort of heard any names <coughs> um, transfers haven't really been sort of at the top of my list to sort of chase sure, up and yeah. find out about Just because at the moment it's all mainly you know, A, we don't know when the, the transfer window, when it will open what it will look like um, but at the moment, you know, it's when will the season restart what will it look like when that restarts so that's sort of top of my agenda at the moment um but I still like we mentioned at the very beginning you know I still wanted to ask Ralph just about transfers because you know they should be preparing for them it sounds like they are preparing for them I did ask him I know what players you're looking at and as you'd expect (laughs) you know we can't tell you um (laughs) <laughs> so yeah I mean it's it's one of those I haven't heard any names um, but I've thought yeah that sounds like a, one they could do um, but then these things can also just pop up and surprise you
0: yeah sure I mean because I'm sure um, fans will, will have seen but there's been a few articles uh, Sky ran one a couple of weeks ago about they named three different centre backs that the, the club was apparently looking at, and there was a right back from the Eredivisie as well that was that was linked, and then there was another article in the Daily Mail about a, a centre back um, uh, from Ligue 1. Um So there's there's been a few things uh, floating around, and I'm sure that that will only uh, increase as well whenever football returns, but um, and, and the summer transfer window. Uh, nears and just just to kind of finish on then, what's your what what's kind of been the um, the atmosphere like around Southampton during this period of no football? Have you have you what chatting to Ralph or chatting to people around the club? How have they handled um, this kind of unprecedented break in in the season? Yeah, I
2: mean, I I think Saints deserve plenty of credit uh, for how they have that you know the things they've done. Since the pandemic, you know, the Saints Foundation is doing excellent work in the community. The, the, the club, RAV is back from staff, board members and the players were the first to agree to, to defer in their, a portion of their wages until the end of June um, to ensure that, you know, yeah. other members of staff don't have to be placed on furlough. So I think they do deserve a lot of credit um, for how they've handled themselves. You know, when I spoke to Ralph, he was in a, you know, he's back. he was in Munich, Germany. He looked well. Uh the beard is still there if anyone if anyone wants to know he's still growing the beard that hasn't gone. Um, you know, I was spoken to Stuart Armstrong, he's back in Scotland, he was he was doing well. Um, you know, there seems to be a, a good atmosphere. You know, I imagine most of them want to just get back to playing now, but they all fully understand the situation that health comes before football, um, as it should do. Um, but yeah, no, the atmosphere, the atmosphere's been as good as it could be. If that's fair to say in these in these circumstances, but on the whole, as a club, I think they have you know handled themselves brilliantly, and you know we can be quick to point out when they do things wrong, but I think it's important to point out when they do things right, and I think they have got their response to the the pandemic, especially in Southampton uh right.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd echo, echo that. Um, I think they've done a really, really good job. Um, and it's from from a supporter perspective, it's great to see your team um, being the first or one of the first um, to to do these sorts of things. And whether it's the Saints Foundation or whether it's the kind of being the first to um, for the players to agree to a pay cut, it's a real it's a real sense of pride, I guess, for for supporters to see that because. Lots of clubs talk about being community clubs, but um, the proof comes in situations like this. So yeah, they deserve a lot of credit. But Dan, thank you very much for for joining us uh, today. It was it was really interesting to chat, and I guess we we shall we shall see what happens this summer.
2: Yes, no, thank you for having me on. Uh, the pleasure's mine.
0: Right, chat. Let's bring you back in. Anything from that conversation with Dan that you wanted to speak about in a little bit more detail?
1: Yeah. For sure, I thought it was really insightful getting Dan's opinion on the squad and on our on our upcoming transfer window. The first thing that I agreed with him on is his opinion on El and on our loan players in general. I think if you go through those players, El is probably the one that has the glimmer of hope of coming back into Ralph's plans for next year. Saying that, I did I remember seeing him. Um, Play for us and not being fully convinced. I didn't really know what he added, but he does have quality. He wouldn't be playing for Basel in the Champions League and scoring goals for them if he didn't have quality. So, you know, there's a potential would be like an almost new signing if we bring him back in. Um, also, what he was when he was talking about our strikers just made me think about our options for next year. Obviously, Danny Ings is the bags man. He's the goal scorer. He's the constant up there. But how are we going to get the best out of him? Shane Long obviously has that that partnership with things. And if if you probably asked things, I'd imagine he'd say, play me alongside Shane Long. Um, But just on a personal level, I just, I've got nothing against Shane, but I just find it quite frustrating when I go to an away game or I go to St. Mary's and I see him on the team sheet and I just know how limited we're going to be be going forward through him in that game. So interesting to see if we give him that new one year deal or not. Um, Mm. And yeah, on Shea Adams, I think I agreed with what you said. We sh- he's a young English striker. We signed him for a decent amount of money. We definitely shouldn't sell. Um, he was just so unlucky at the start of the season. Any of those chances that he had, that he just anything that when he hit the post against Sheffield United, or mm. I don't know, there some of those half chances that he had. If he scored, it could have been entirely different. So I hope we keep hold of him, and I hope he builds up a little bit, a little bit of a partnership with Ings next season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I he's done. He's kind of he's done bits and pieces for for Saints, hasn't he, Shane? And it's just yeah. he just needs that goal. And I think Dan was right when he was talking about him um, in the sense that we our striker options are actually quite good. Like Ings, Obafemi, Adams, mm-hmm. and Long is is four really good options for Saints. Definitely. But that's not really an area I think where we need to do too much work. And if it means a one year deal for Shane then I'm not totally against that. I do agree with you that it can be a little bit demoralising when a team sheet comes out and you see him up front and you just know that, well, he's not going to be scoring, but mm. hopefully he bring others into play. Mm. Um, with El as well, I think everything that, that he did at Saints when he was at the club was, uh, well, under the caveat that he was largely playing under Mark Hughes, which was a bit of a disaster. Abysmal, yeah. So... Yeah, I remember watching him. We went to Palace away, and we actually won that game uh, under Hughes two nil um, at Selhurst Park. And El he was playing, um, but he, it just summed up his whole Southampton career. He was completely anonymous; like yeah. he barely touched the ball. We ended up winning that game. Hoiberg, Hoiberg scored in stoppage time to make it two nil, yeah. but we were we were clinging on um, to the one nil lead before that and and yeah so I, I agree with you he's probably I'm sure he's got potential and I'm sure he's got ability um, and hopefully he can come back a uh, la Buff out and make some contributions to us next season Yeah, we shall um, see we shall see yeah the only the other thing I wanted to to kind of get your take on as well and something that I think uh, was a nice way for Dan to end the interview was talking about um, Saints uh, decision makers at the club now in terms of transfers so we've got Matt Crocker in uh, replacing Ross Wilson. Obviously, Les Reed is no longer at the club. And it's interesting and hopeful, from my point of view, that Dan seems to be so confident in these decision-makers because our recruitment over the past three seasons has been kind of danny yeah. a apart, has been dreadful. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's, I, it was kind of nice to get a little bit of um, of a confidence boost in a sense that we've actually got people that know what they're doing at the top of the club now.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, only time will tell. We'll see what we do, but I just feel like you said, a lot more confident that we've got the people in place to make the smart decisions and sell the players that don't want to be there and bring in, go back to what we did before and bring in young, hungry players that want to, want to prove themselves in the prem. I think, you know, Gianepo is kind of like a sign in that going back to what we did best, someone that's just raw, and mm-hmm. ready to give one hundred percent. So if we sign more players mm-hmm. like him and less players, you know, on big big contracts from from big clubs, uh, yeah, I think that will stand us in good stead to have a good next season. Yeah,
0: that the, the, the madness of all those five year deals that we were handing out over those two years—like, what on earth was going on at a the club? then? <laughs> Absolute shambles! Yeah. Absolute shambles! Yeah, for it's me. like I—I was the, the just um. I got all the information for Saints Wages on a website called SpotRack, which is, um, is pretty, it's very good for US sports, and it's got a lot of Premier League uh, info on it as well. And it's actually so depressing going on Southampton's page and looking at our highest earners, because the, like of the top 10, like seven like, don't contribute anything at all to the club. Yeah. Um, and that starts with like Forster at the top, where then Danny Ings is one of the ones that obviously is, is well worth the money. double. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then after that, you've just got all of our terrible, terrible players that we handed five-year deals to on out on loan now. So mm. um, fingers crossed, Matt, Matt Crockett can come in and, and, and sort that out. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're paying off. him to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, next week, we don't have a guest lined up as of recording now. Um, we'll be working on that. And as and when we do get someone confirmed, keep an eye out on our social channels. It's at uh, OWT Saints Pod on Twitter and Instagram, we're on Facebook as well. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll let you know there first. Um, and you can sign up to our newsletter as well, which is every Wednesday morning. Um, you can find the link to that on our Instagram page. It's in our in our bio, um, and you can subscribe. And that basically gives you um, all the Saints news from the previous week. So in case you missed anything, um, you can find it. You can find it there, but. Jack, thanks for joining me again this week. Until next Monday.
1: Pleasure, mate. Have a good one.
0: Yep, you too. See ya.